The 2021 Billboard Music Awards is scheduled to take place on May 24th, Korea time. That's coming up fast. That's just next week. The K-pop supergroup BTS has snagged a record four nominations and fans all over the world will be eager to see if the boys can continue to make history. Now, for anyone who has kept up with the K-pop evolution, remember so much as preceded the success of BTS. Boa, Rain, The Wonder Girls, A Girl's Generation, a Super Junior, the list really goes on. So let's have ourselves a little crash course on K-pop's timeline. For today's interview, we're joined by Mr. Yu sang who is currently teaching at the University of California, Riverside. As an associate instructor, he is also a Fulbright Scholar. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Yu. Hi, good morning. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for joining us. It's, it's, it's sometime in the afternoon over there, right? Oh, I'm in Korea. You're currently. in Korea now. Yeah. Okay, well then, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> good morning. All right, I understand that you did teach American students about K-pop. Uh, can you tell us first and foremost what kind of topics your lectures focused on? Because if I were one of your students, it, it certainly sounds like an entertaining and fun course. Right, right. It was also the probably the one of the best course I taught um, for me as well because. Uh, the students were very passionate. It was the, the atmosphere was very different from other courses I taught. Uh, also, they have a lot of knowledge and they have love. So the course was involved in an hour uh, and there were uh, waitlists as well. So, uh, and um, because they were a huge fan of like, let's say BTS or Blackpink for a long time, there were many things I could also learn from my students. They followed like uh, BTS members, all the Facebook posts, Instagrams <laughs> or tweets. So their knowledge was huge. And so it was like mutually, you know, educating each other among uh, students and between me and uh, my students as well. But what they were missing, uh, I felt was the big picture. So I tried to draw the big picture for them so they can have like historical perspective or mm. critical perspective, how to navigate uh, uh, what they love in uh, the history of Korean pop culture or drama culture. So we, we also watch it to Korean dramas such as Dokkebi, uh, Goblin or The Guardian in mm. English translation and also uh, my love from the stars or Park Chan-wook, Bong Joon-ho films as well. So they were uh, very happy to see how these all different medium are related to each other, not just K-pop um, itself. Right? It sounds like such an immersive experience too. You cover K-pop, you probably covered some controversial issues that arise in this pop culture industry as well, the dark side too. And then you went to films and TV dramas. I do wonder, why was it Goblin and uh, You Who Came From The Star, a Bong Joon-ho film, I understand. Yeah, so because I think uh, my love from the stars, uh, the reason why I chose it as one of my um, uh, syllabus is I think it's very um, important because in Korean drama history, it was usually either historical drama or Cinderella story, like love story between like rich guy. And, you know, but, uh, in my love from the star, the two genres merged together. It's like a partly historical drama, but the main character is an alien from alien planet. So I, I thought this kind of mixture of genres are uh, beginning it, it opens up a new way. And now we are seeing a lot of science fiction genres in, uh, in South Korean cultures, say Space Sweepers or Sweet Home Kingdom, mm. all this mixture. So I think, uh, yeah, that was uh, the reason why I chose it. All right. And okay, so because I did mention in our intro that the Billboard Awards is something that people have been talking about for weeks, actually it feels like months. Uh, let's talk a little bit about K-pop because the first names that come to mind now is, of course, Psy and BTS. And uh, even as someone who has followed K-pop for such a long time, pre-Psy, things were just different for any bands or Korean acts or promoting, especially in the competitive North American market. But there is a pretty rich history, some less successful attempts, too. 
Right, right. So the critics and scholars in academia, they use this term, Hanyu, Korean wave 1.0 or 2.0. So uh, before Psy was a uh, Hallyu 1.0, you know, like <laughs> Yonsama, Baeyongjun, with the mega hit drama Winner Sonata. Mm. And there was a uh, popular among Asian countries, not to North America, uh, it just in general. So, uh, the, and the critics argued that the reason why it was so popular was because of the common sensibility and the value system among Asian countries, like Confucianism, family oriented, mm. family duty, et cetera, et cetera. And Psy, uh, with the popularity of Psy, the K pop popularity reached to the uh, every corner of the world and it was a new. Um, era, he opened up, right? So, mm -hmm. um, however, we need, I want to argue still um, the after, before BTS and after BTS is also different. Like BTS phenomenon is, um, this has to be distinguished from Psy phenomenon. Psy, when he was in uh, North American TV shows, uh, and some critics criticized, he was mostly consumed and used as something like a clown. His music video was popular because it was fun, it was yeah. hilarious. And the, the TV show, the, he wasn't interviewed, like, seriously. He just came to their stage and dance and just, you know, <laughs> kicked out. And it, with BTS, um, you know, like the EXO or 2PM, like the, the Korean pop industry, they tried to appeal to international audiences. So they included a foreign uh, member in the idol group. But BTS, they don't have any foreign member. Mm -hmm. And RM, his English is not good, but at first when he debuted, it was not that perfect. Right. So they didn't try to sell their songs in groups. Like they didn't target international market, but that strategy actually worked better. So now the international audiences try to learn Korean language. Mm -hmm. They try to read English subtitles. Even mm -hmm. in, with the Academy Award this year, uh, Bong Joon-ho said in Korean and there was English subtitle. So now we reach it to a different stage and now we have to call it Hallyu 3.0. Ah, 3.0. You know, I, I never realized where the distinctions were because if you're a Korean listener, I think the distinctions are even more blurry for me. Where does 1.0 stop? Where does 1.5 start? But anyhow, <laughs> to look at it simply, 1.0 was probably Yun-sama, as you've said, with the success of Winter Sonata, Kyo Yonga, and then we move on to 2.0 after Psy. <laughs> right, right. All right. I think you raise a really interesting point because there was a time where these rigorous idol training systems in Korea particularly uh, included, for example, an English-speaking member, sometimes a Spanish-speaking member, a Japanese-speaking member to ensure that their international fans can communicate with them and also to ensure that they can promote themselves when they're overseas. But BTS's strategy was a little different. Uh, do you think when BTS came on the scene, there was this trend for K-pop lyrics that was about storytelling a message needed to be clearly expressed now we're all about well unknown words or, or in some cases I, I guess in all entirely korean lyrics right so if you are a fan of k-pop if you follow the history of it in the 90s and 80s the lyrics of k-pop singers were very realistic mm -hmm. so the music video visual ethics or so uh, if you see the lyrics has a narrative, the music video have characters. If it's a love song, there is a girlfriend, boyfriend, <laughs> and they love and they, you know, they break are. up. Right, right. So it's very realistic and they shoot in real um, the places. And in the 90s and 2000s with like Wonder Girls and Girls Generation, the music video was shot in a studio. So it's like a, we can say it's a modernist stage. Uh, the lyrics becomes a little bit more personalized. Mm -hmm. uh, in the 90s, it was like, if you think about Soteji's uh, Come Back Home or Parirukumkume, it was a nationalistic agenda. Like, we have to democratize our country, we have to unite our country. So there was this kind of political burden over the shoulder of the artist. 
And in the 90s, it became more studios and more modern. And now I think the big point of uh, coming to a postmodern stage is the debut of FX. Mm. If you see uh, FX's songs and titles, new ABO, what does that mean, right? To this day, I don't don't really understand. And I stopped trying because I decided maybe that's not even the point of the song to, to decipher it, to understand. Maybe it could just be code. Right, right. So they focus more on the (laughs) melody, the sound of the word instead of the meaning of the word. I think that was a good strategy to appeal to international audience who probably have difficulty of understanding the lyrics or the political agenda that South Korean people only Mm -hmm. uh, emphasize. Can relate to essentially, right? And for the international community to respond, what we really need is just songs that we can dance along to and sing along to, especially in pop culture. If you look at the success of Despacito, I don't think anyone knows the Spanish lyrics, but... (laughs) I mean, I, I I try to sing along to it. <laughs> right, right. Because of the sound, the melody. Yeah. Song is very good. And then the melody is a universal language, even though you don't understand Spanish. We can dance along with that song very well. <laughs> and maybe that, that is the power of pop culture anyhow. You, you just briefly talked about music videos, how it has evolved over time. Um, Recent music videos have certainly, I think, turned to more fresh concepts. I, I think they have to always be in search of something new and different, which is why they take some of their members to space and sometimes these really uh, cryptic looking settings. Uh, I heard that the producers behind Blackpink's music videos, they try to rely less on computer graphics. A lot of that is built by hand. I mean, it's exciting. But can you talk about how it has over time become perhaps better or worse? I think I think it's not better or but it's changing. And it's like <laughs> if you see any music genre of the history like jazz or classic, or there's always these kind of stages, like realist mode to modern postmodern. I think it's very postmodern with science fictional mode. Uh, if you see uh, if you watch Blackpink's music video Whistle or other songs as well, uh, one of the members were lying on small scale earth and they are flying on the on the universe or something like that. <laughs> And fake love or the, the, the BTS sweaters. And these music videos also have very like computer graphic kind of images mm. and very science fictional images. And considering like South Korea was a country that long time neglected or overlooked science fiction uh, films, um, this is very interesting phenomenon for me as a media scholar. Mm. Uh, now South Korean people having less burden of like real life issues such as unification or democratization. Now we are seeing like, oh, now we can go to the universe. Now we can uh, mm-hmm. lead the world in this new technology, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, this kind of new visual ethics uh, is something worse to pay attention to. You know, I, I think it's a fantastic point because I always thought visually and maybe in the computer graphics sectors that South Korea was nowhere near where, the, you know, North America was. Maybe that comparison isn't fair, but I felt like that would, you know, stop production companies for films, uh, TV shows and even music videos to kind of steer clear of this really expensive sci-fi or fantasy territory. But times have changed, right? Did you right, watch right, Space right. Sweepers? I watched it. Uh, it was uh, probably the first mega hit science fiction film ever in Korean history. So, exactly. Uh, yeah, in that point, I, I give my applause to the film. But at, in terms of the narrative itself, there is something, you know, I feel like, oh, you could do better. But still, it's a huge leap and, you know, big applause. <laughs> I agree. I think we applaud the effort and it was received pretty well by the Korean public. But I, I guess we are looking towards the future and what's next for both K-pop and Korean film. Here's a pretty loaded question. In your opinion, what is one thing that K-pop or even Korean films or Korean contents must develop to keep its edge? Because now it seems like we're taking cues from traditional attires, 
traditional backdrops, Korean language, right? I think uh, in the 90s and 2000s, if you uh, read the interviews of like uh, YG or SM or uh, JYP, uh, back then the goal or strategy was to follow or imitate Western music, Western artists, what they are doing. There was a strategy of Samsung and Hyundai car, actually like their goal was how to make the exactly the same product like Sony did or like a Ford did, like a Mercedes did, right? You know, so, initially, uh, but, if you don't know, you first have to mimic, right? And then right, you can right. get that's to next the next step. That's yeah. The, yeah, that's the usual strategy. But like, I'm, I'm not criticizing it. But now we have to acknowledge that Korean industry like Samsung or Hyundai, as well as K-pop or K- Korean culture industry are leading mm. the world's culture. Now, Bong Joon-ho won the award, et cetera, et cetera. So Korean pop uh, producers and artists like BTS does, we have to think how to create a new trend instead of like trying to follow it. And if they know it, now they have to have a new strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Brave, the, the CEO of the Brave Sound, he also interviewed recently, like what he, how he, the way he learned and still he makes the music, try to follow the Western music and artists. But now, now we reach the time that how to be more creative, how to lead the world to the realm, to the era that no one ever sees. You know? <laughs> and our best bet is probably to look into Korean history and what is authentically ours, because that would be unique to the international audience, right? Right, right, right. You know, I do wonder if a group like Inarchi could be as successful overseas as well. Which group? Uh, group Inarchi, have you heard? They're kind of this like, ah, fusion, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they take ah. their cues from, you know, uh, traditional uh, right, Korean right. music, but they do something really eccentric with it. And if if, right. if that works for, I think, audiences here and some abroad, maybe that's something that we can tap into. <laughs> right. It's a very interesting question. I've never thought about it. Like this <laughs> the traditional Korean genre, Trotu, yeah, is so that's... popular in Korea. <laughs> Will that appeal to international audiences? They're trying to in a lot of TV but you know i don't know we'll see <laughs> <laughs> all right the billboard awards is taking place on the 24th um this award season more than ever before was dominated by one word just a few weeks ago we talked about the oscars and finally it seems like the oscars were steering clear of that oscars uh, uh, so white accusations do you think billboards is also headed in a direction where they can embrace more diverse cultures and diverse music, because let's be honest, the majority is a celebration of North American music. Right, right. That, uh, absolutely. Um, I think uh, diversity will be the keyword of Billboard as well. And I think the music is different from film or drama because uh, it's way, more, way easier to access to foreign music than foreign film or drama. If you want to enjoy foreign film or drama, you have to learn, you have to have the cultural knowledge beforehand. But for music, even though you don't have the understanding of the culture, you can still enjoy as we talked about. So for Billboard, the, the diversity will be more inclusive, I, I hope and I expect. So uh, they were nominated in four categories, right, BTS. Um, and will they win all four categories? Um, it will be tough. There are so many you know, uh, capable competitors, but uh, it will be even more than before. Like, I guess at least two categories they will win. Best yeah. social artists, I don't think they really have a competition anymore. I mean, they've right. ousted Justin Bieber. I don't think that will ever be undone. But in other categories, it's really competitive, as you've said, right? Right, right, right. But 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 the, this year, the, as you said in the previous uh, interview, uh, the Asian hate crime and the people have more awareness of that, about this anti-racist mm. agenda. So diversity will be definitely the keyword of this year's billboard as well. And BTS, you know, like everyone admits it's 
artist of the year. <laughs> you can deny that. Mr. Yu, I want to go back to, you know, talking a little bit more about your class. Um, do you get to actually cover some of the more, I guess, in-depth, serious issues that ri- arise from K-pop culture? And also not just maybe K-pop, um, as you've brought up, uh, the issue with diversity and addressing these anti-Asian crimes. I mean, these seem all all to somehow correspond and fans of these K-pop uh, industry, they also respond really largely online to these issues. Right, right. I think the, the messages BTS is trying to convey, especially the lyrics written by RM, um, is very uh, universal and very appealing to what Gen G is trying to um, express by themselves especially the title of their albums like love yourself or be yourself is the you know the the big issue for uh, younger generation and mm. uh, instead of like a 90s or 2000 uh, Korean artists who uh, try to you know argue like the political agendas now BTS is trying to argue like trying to convey the message like to try to be more personal mm. be, be your, like this these agendas in the United States like body positivity movement or love yourself, or this a lot of like so, uh, social minority movement, feminist movement, like whoever you are, just love yourself. It, mm-hmm. This is the you know the issue of the year, especially younger generation, and and that keyword uh, was the the message of the BTS. I, I think that worked. It, they are doing very well. It yeah. worked with the international audience. It probably worked with some of your students. Uh, it, it works for me, too. And I'm a grown woman. Right, <laughs> right, right. And you talked about the space sweeper and yeah. the, the science fiction is very different. The There is like this hierarchy between like the Western kind of villain mm. and the Korean kind of characters. But if you watch uh, Chinese science fiction films, Wandering Earth, it's still very nationalistic. And th- there is pr- probably some back. Uh, 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 some some uh, critical response from the Western audiences about it, I guess. So uh, Korean films like these kind of messages, which is very different, not very nationalistic, not mm-hmm. very uh, racist. I think that is what uh, appeals to international audience. Mr. Yu, before I let you go, uh, <laughs> as someone who studies media and teaches media, do you have personal favorites when it comes to K-pop? Oh, that is the <laughs> toughest question. Do you ever I'm, get that from your students? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still kind of old uh, generation, I guess. So I love um, Jongin, uh, okay. the who was the featuring Lee Sang uh, yeah. used to be, and or I still listen Kim Gwang Sung. I, I I love IU and Blackpink as well. But when I drink, if if I have to, you know, listen drink song, I yeah. still listen Jongin or. Yeah, like the 90s. Some are considered K-pop classics, right? And I I completely love it with you. Thank you so much for our conversation first thing in the morning, Mr. You hope to speak to you soon again. Sure, sure. Thank you for having me. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.